The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? It is time to preview the conference championship games. But before we do that, I have to tell you <laughs> what happened to the divisional round review episode that was supposed to come out on Monday or Tuesday. Well, I'll tell you what. Absolutely nothing happened with it. because, <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, I... Have uh, you know, have had a little, had some, not so much trouble sleeping. It's just regulating my sleep schedule, um, starting with like Thursday and and then through the weekend. So I was really kind of you know out of it, uh, especially on Monday because my uh, I had to like the way that I've been sleeping is like I haven't been able to get to sleep till about five a.m. Sleeping till like ten or eleven or something, and then forcing myself to get up because God knows I'd probably like to keep sleeping, but. Come Monday, I work with the trainer at the gym. My appointment on Monday is at 8.30. So regardless of whatever time I fell asleep on Monday, I got to get my ass up and get to the gym because I got this appointment to keep. And I didn't record the episode on Sunday night. I recorded it on Monday when I got back from the gym. And I was going in on maybe two hours sleep, so I basically had a nap before I went to the gym, had a really good workout, came home, had a little lunch, went downstairs, did the show, and transferred the files from my mixer to my computer so that I could edit them. And apparently at that point, I was so satisfied with myself, I closed my computer, I went upstairs. So I never edited the show together, so therefore it never got posted. So it's kind of in the can, but it isn't, and it didn't dawn on me on literally until this afternoon uh, that, uh, oh yeah, that... I never did, I never, I did the show, but I didn't all at the same time. Amazing. So my apologies for that. Uh, I went three and one on the weekend. I think most of us did, especially those of us in the uh, Pick'em game. You know, all the home teams except Buffalo won, and I picked all the home teams. So I thought Buffalo would beat uh, Kansas City, and uh, but Detroit won, San Francisco won, Baltimore uh, won, and... Uh, so now we have our matchups. It's Detroit at San Francisco. We got KC at Baltimore. And there you have it. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is the 2023 champion conference championship preview episode of the fourth phase. Let's get to it. Welcome to the fourth phase, presented by Bears Talk Underground and Sports Drink Media. And now, your host, Larry D. Yeah, so I am. I'm actually going to not go upstairs until I get this uh, edited and and posted uh, to drop uh, in the morning for all to hear. Um, so if you're hearing this, then I succeeded in actually finishing the job 
uh, this time. But I have been sleeping better the last few days, so I'm not as probably punchy as I was uh, on Monday afternoon because as soon as I got done recording the show, I went right upstairs and uh, to my room and, and took a nap. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's uh, it's been a tough week. It's been, <laughs> been a tough week. I uh, Yeah, so anyway, it's uh, but it's been an interesting week. All the coaching hires um, – Looks like Bill Pelichek isn't going anywhere, and after doing two interviews apiece with Atlanta and uh, the Chargers, Jim Harbaugh chose the Chargers, so he's uh, leaving uh, Michigan. The Atlanta Falcons selected Raheem Morris earlier this afternoon, as did the Carolina Panthers selected uh, Dave Canellis, the OC from uh, the Buccaneers, to be their uh, head coach. Uh, that's a brave man. Uh, right there, you know, I, I think he it's it's um, not that he isn't sought after because he did very, 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 very well uh, with the Buccaneers uh, this year uh, for a team that was not expected to do much of anything uh, this season. I mean, I thought I maybe had him at like three or four wins uh, on the year because it's like, yes, they have their talents uh, and everything. But this is a team that is, you know, kind of reeling from not only from the loss of Brady, but the other people from that 2020 team that had, you know, departed and they had injury issues and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think they were still dealing with some cap issues uh, as well. And not only did this team, you know, exceed expectations, they not only won the division and went to the playoffs, they won a playoff game, eliminating the defending NFC champions in the wild card round. So, and then gave Detroit a hell of a game this past uh, weekend as well. So, I mean, they didn't go down without a fight and, uh, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to uh, Todd Bowles. And, uh, you know, like I said, Dave Canellis had that offense, uh, especially in those in the last several weeks, because they went like 5-1 and one, uh, to finish the year at 9-8 and eight and win the division and then, you know, scored 32 points on the, on the uh, defending NFC champs in the wild card round to advance uh, to the divisional round against the uh, Lions. So I think that makes what, like five of the eight jobs that were open now, uh, you know, taken care of. The Titans hired Brian Callahan, the OC from the Bengals, uh, to take over. Uh, the, the Raiders did, in fact, make remove the interim tag from Antonio Pierce. He is the head coach going forward. Nick Sirianni did not lose his job uh, in Philadelphia, but both of his coordinators have been let go. And I heard earlier today that, the, that they're uh, – they're hiring Vic Fangio, who parted ways with the Dolphins at the end of the season. So Vic is going to be in, in Philly uh, next year. So is that it? Yeah, I think so. But um, so, yeah, a lot of uh, the, the voids being filled. And we've got, I think, two or three left. I know Seattle hasn't hired anyone yet. And uh, don't know who else is out there off the top of my head. So. But, you know, that's uh, those are the changes that have taken place thus far. And we're down to our final four uh, in the NFL, the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Lions and the Niners. Um, you know, I think three of the four teams being in this spot, no surprise. And I'm not surprised that the Lions made the playoffs because I picked them to win the division uh, and things like that. I don't think anybody thought uh, that they would be this, that they would have got this far. And and they did, and I believe they have a very good chance to win 
uh, on Sunday. I do. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I like them a lot uh, on Sunday. And uh, we'll see if 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 they can, you know, pull it off and uh, be the team to represent the NFC for the first time uh, in the Super Bowl because they have they're one of the four teams left in the league that has never made it uh, to Super Sunday. It's the Browns, the Texans, the Jags, and the Lions. And the Lions are the only team in there that's not an expansion team. So, I mean, I know the Browns have history, but technically that franchise started over in 1999 when it was, uh, you know, reintegrated into the league because the original Browns are the Ravens who are playing in the AFC Championship game uh, this weekend. The new Browns starting in 1999, you know, they're an expansion team. And uh, the Jaguars and the uh, Texans haven't made the uh, Super Bowl. The Jags have come close a couple of times, made it to a couple of uh, AFC Championship games, but come up short uh, in those occasions. Their last trip to the AFC title game was in 2017 when they had that game by the balls, man. They had it, and they made the same mistake that so many others have made with the, with the Brady-led Patriots was they took their foot off the gas and they started getting conservative and playing not to lose. The next thing you know, Brady's coming back. Game is over. And, you know, it would have been an interesting Super Bowl, the Jags and the Eagles, but instead we got one of the better Super Bowls we've ever had with uh, the Patriots and the Eagles in that, what was that, 41-33 to 33 shootout or something, over 1,000 yards of offense between the two teams. Not a whole lot of defense taking place. It was... Uh, it was a good game, but it would have been interesting to see what the uh, the Jaguars would have been able to bring to the table on Super Sunday. But the Lions, on the other hand, they're an old school franchise, been around forever, and uh, have yet to make it to Super Sunday. And this is only their second chance in the last thirty two years to uh, to do it because their last chance was in nineteen ninety one, where they lost to the eventual world champion Washington Redskins. Um, one of the one of the greatest teams of all time, in my opinion. That that, that Redskins squad was unbelievable. So, um, but yeah, Barry Sanders and and uh, and the Lions went into uh, RFK and uh, got it handed to them. I think the the Redskins won that game like forty two to ten or something crazy like that. But uh, yeah, so here's their next shot against the Forty ers and I'm pulling for the Lions to win this game, but I feel like I'm in a win win situation because either it's the team that I want to see go to the Super Bowl, the team that I'm vicariously living through with you know with the Lions and hoping that a year from now they're the they're it's the Bears. You know, I hope that the Bears are in this spot or close to it anyway next year. And then there's the team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl uh, in the preseason picks that stick show. I picked the 49ers to represent the NFC in the uh, in the Super Bowl, so I'm either going to get my pick right, or you know the team that I like is going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Not that I don't like the 49ers, it's just that, like I said, I'm I'm rooting for the Lions uh, right now, so I'm very biased uh, in my opinions thus far. And in the AFC, you know, they're still not really, you know, being the Chiefs or being that dominant world champion. Or whatever, but they're being the pesky Chiefs in the fact that they just keep finding ways to win football games. Going into Buffalo last weekend, you know, I know there were a lot of people, including myself. This would be the death knell for the uh, for the Chiefs. They're finally going on the road for the first time 
in the Pat Mahomes uh, era. And, uh, you know, not that it would be their kryptonite or anything, but the, you know, Buffalo being just amped up and, and they've won six in a row to get to this, to get to this point. And, you know, it, it just kind of all was lining up for Buffalo to kind of be that team of destiny uh, this year, especially, you know, like I said, six and six, they were out of it. They were like the 10th seed in the AFC. And, you know, five weeks later, they're 11 and six. They've won the AFC East and they're the two seed. Uh, in the playoffs, so put themselves in a position to finally, finally have the Chiefs come to them for a playoff game instead of the other way around. And it was a good back and forth uh, matchup, but in the end, it just was like the Bills are that cursed team. Another wide right uh, field goal miss that uh, would have tied it up and sent it to overtime. And I remember I was uh, texting with a buddy of mine. And I had, I had I had the tweet all ready to go. It was uh, something like it, it's um, it's appropriate, or I feel like it's appropriate that the teams that force the playoff rule change are the first ones to get to use it. And um, at least I believe they are. They would have been anyway. And was all ready to hit send once the ball went through the uprights, and ball didn't go through the uprights, so I had to delete that tweet and didn't get to send it. Because a couple of snaps later, the Chiefs ran for a first down and were able to clock the ball the rest of the way. And they go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in the AFC Championship game who had manhandled the uh, the Texans, especially in the second half. It was like a 10-10 game at halftime. But uh, like offensively, the Texans just couldn't get anything going. The only touchdown they scored was on a punt return for a touchdown. The, the offense itself only generated three points. C.J. Stroud was under fire the entire game, so it was kind of like coming full circle for the uh, for the Texans, where they they started the year losing to Baltimore and they finished the year uh, losing to uh, Baltimore. But uh, you know, and as a very successful beyond expectations type season uh, for them, winning the division, winning ten football games, uh, and then winning winning a playoff game against the Browns. Uh, in the wild card round, going to Baltimore and hanging tough with the with the team that everybody thinks is going to win it all uh, for the first half of the football game, and then the second half, basically, uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, the reality set in, and the Texans were were sent home. But uh, nothing to be ashamed out in Houston. The future looks very, very bright, and uh, you know, so long as C.J. Stroud can avoid the dreaded sophomore slump uh, next year, the Texans are going to be rolling. Uh, going into 2024. So, the stage is set. We got the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Lions and the Niners. And, man, these are two really, really good games. I'm really looking forward to the weekend uh, on Sunday. On Sunday, We'll start with uh, Baltimore and uh, and Kansas City. You know, I, I was like, I don't think, you know, the, the for those that believe in the conspiracy, I don't think the script could have been written any better than to have, you know, Mahomes and Jackson going head to head in the AFC championship game. Can the chiefs do it again? You know, they're playing in their sixth straight AFC championship game. The first one, they are not playing in the friendly confines of Arrowhead stadium. Um, You know, will, uh, will Taylor Swift and, and the rest of the Kelsey clan, uh, attend the game in Baltimore. How many times will we see them 
during the uh, broadcast. Um, can the Ravens, you know, complete the journey, if you will, and get to the Super Bowl? Because as you guys heard me, like the thing that I was kind of, you know, worried about for the Ravens going into that Texans game is that it very much looked like that matchup they had back in 2019. They were the number one seed. They had this, you know, scrappy, barely made the playoffs team in the Titans coming into town. And it didn't look like a matchup. You know, the, the Ravens were 14 and two. They just smashed everything in front of them uh, in 2019. Lamar won the MVP, and it was supposed to be a done deal that they would just polish them off. Kansas City comes into town the following weekend, and then Baltimore finished the deal, go to the Super Bowl like everybody knew they were going to uh, all year long. That did not happen. The, the Titans went in there and outclassed the uh, Ravens. Lamar did not look good. In that game, they kind of got themselves run off the field. Jake Tannehill could do no wrong uh, in that one, and the one seed is eliminated in the uh, in the divisional round. The fourteen and two Ravens were one and done, and this had all those things pointing to it. This young, scrappy Texans team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs. Not only did they do it, but they won the division. They won a playoff game at home. A team that the, the the Ravens struggled with over the you know in their two matchups with them uh, over the season lost the last matchup in Baltimore uh, to those Browns and the Texans just handled them and then some uh, in a rematch between those two teams and here they were coming into town uh, again and like I said the first half was neck and neck defenses on both sides really seemed to be getting things done and and Lamar was being bottled up by that Texans defense and everything. And then reality sets in in the second half, and the Ravens get past this team that uh, you know that I th- that I really th- legitimately thought they should they should be worried about these guys. Not so much that they lose that they would lose the game because I did pick the Ravens to win, but it's like I would not have been surprised at all uh, if uh, C.J. Stroud and the Texans had pulled through uh, on that one. So so they were able to clear that hurdle. Now the biggest hurdle that almost no one in the AFC has been able to clear for the last five seasons is coming into town uh, on Sunday. Not playing their best football, but always seeming to play just well enough to move on. You know, they uh, they were able to uh, outclass the Dolphins in the wild card round. They, uh, you know, were able to get past the uh, Bills in the divisional round. And uh, now here they are. They're still standing. You know, and they're they're still uh, hungry for that uh, for the Super Bowl. They want to go to Vegas and uh, take on whoever comes out of that Lions Forty ers game uh, in the afternoon. So, will they be able to do it? And on paper, there's nobody better than the Ravens right now. You know, it's this it's health is always a, a rough thing at this time uh, of season, but the Ravens are relatively as healthy as. You know, you would like to be uh, going into this, uh, going into a conference championship game. I think both teams are relatively healthy uh, right now. They're not really missing. Well, I I don't know if if the Ravens are going to get Edwards back because there was talk that he might uh, be ready for the Texans game, and then it was announced on Friday. No, he's not. He's not good, or he's not good enough to go. Will Mark Edwards be out there? Uh, on Sunday when the uh, Chiefs come to town. They could definitely use all the help that they could get to, uh, you know, 
on offense to to give uh, Lamar as many weapons as possible because that Chiefs defense can be stifling at times. They're fast, and Spagnolo has those guys all over the place. They're absolutely everywhere, and um, that's kind of been what's been driving the Chiefs is that you know not that they've had bad defenses in the past, but it was always Mahomes in the offense that carried the team, and this year. The defense has had to pick up the slack because the offense hasn't been putting up 40 burgers week after week. Mahomes isn't throwing five touchdowns and no interceptions uh, week after week as well. I mean, he threw for almost 4,200 yards and 27 touchdowns, but I think a career-high 14 interceptions uh, this season. So, you know, he hasn't been perfect. They haven't been as consistent uh, on the offensive side. Uh, they did discover their running game a bit against the Bills uh, on Sunday or rediscovering, however you want to uh, put it. So, you know, Pacheco and Edward Delaire were were very key in, in helping the offense move along. Uh, Travis Kelsey, who hadn't scored a touchdown since week 11, scored two in that game uh, against Buffalo, much to the delight of uh, Taylor Swift and the bare-chested Jason Kelsey, um, who is uh, having a few adult beverages in the suite, jumping in and out of it. Hugging, hugging up with fans and things like that. It was, you know, that guy's a treasure, man. But, um, you know, so, I mean, it's the Chiefs are ripe for the picking, if you will. You know, and it, it's really going to come down to will the experience of the Chiefs, who are here for the sixth year in a row, outlast the overall talent of the Ravens? Will that be the one edge that the uh, the Ravens won't be able to overcome when it comes to the Chiefs. Because Pat Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, based on this year, that's kind of a wash as far as talent and, and output for this season and, and things like that. But, you know, with Mahomes kind of having a down year for him uh, and everything, will it be the fact that this is not his first AFC championship game because it is Lamar's first AFC championship game. Will the atmosphere, even even though it's in Baltimore, will the atmosphere be too much for some of these guys? You know, most of their big stars on this team, none of them were on the team in 2012 when they went to the Super Bowl the last time. And I believe that was the last time they played for the AFC championship game. And maybe I'm missing an opportunity somewhere. But, you know... It's been a while since the Ravens have made it this far, and this is their uh, this is the best chance that they've had uh, in quite some time. So they've always been, you know, consistently good, mostly always in the playoffs. Very rare that Harbaugh hasn't gotten his bunch into the postseason in the what sixteen or so seasons that he's been head coach of the Ravens uh, now. And um, but this is uh, along with 2019. The, this is the best team he's ever put together. And you know the defense is playing lights out, stingy with giving up the points. Uh, like I said, only gave up ten to the very explosive Texans uh, last Sunday. Can they? Uh, will they be able to bottle up the uh, bottle up the Chiefs? I mean, it, it's not exactly been the hardest thing in the world to do for a lot of teams this season, but can the Ravens avoid mistakes? And which is not to say that they're a mistake prone team, but that defense of the chiefs 
has been a team that forces turnovers, has been a team that disrupts the passer, that will get in Lamar's face. I mean, all they got to do is watch the first half tape of the Texans game, and the Texans really had something going there for a while in the first half, and especially in the latter half of the second quarter. The Ravens could do nothing offensively. They really could not get anything done. I think Lamar Jackson was sacked at least three times or so in the in the second quarter. The Ravens were blitzing. They were really getting after it. And then I don't know if the Ravens just did a great job adjusting or if the Texans got away from it. I really couldn't tell as far as what what the uh what the situation was with the with the aggressiveness of D'Amico Ryan's and his defense. Uh, in the second half, because the second half, the Ravens rattle off 24 unanswered uh, on the on the Texans to pull away from them. And, um, you know, so will the will Spagnolo be able to put together a scheme that will keep the pressure on Lamar no matter what throughout the entire game, as opposed to bottling him up early only to have them put together some halftime adjustments that will erase the, bre- the, the pressure, the blitz, and uh, open things up for that audience. Offense, I'm sorry. So, you know, that's really what it's going to come down to. And it's, uh, it, it's going to be one of those things on, on Sunday that um, I, f- it, I feel like it's a strength versus weakness matchup on both sides of the ball because the defense has outplayed the offense in Kansas City this year and the offense of the Ravens obviously I think is the weaker of the two units uh on the, for the Ravens but it's still been outstanding uh this season I mean their quarterbacks is going to be the MVP this year but the Ravens defense has been really really good uh you know with Roquan and uh and on all the other guys they have on that uh on that unit, they have been outstanding throughout the entire year uh, this year. And the Chiefs are vulnerable on offense as, you know, consistency hasn't really been a thing for them uh, this year. So it's like one week they're scoring 30. The next week they struggle to score 14 uh, and everything. Mahomes has some interceptions here and there. They turn over the ball. The next thing you know, the Chiefs lose, you know, like losing on Christmas Day to the, to the Raiders and everything. No one saw that coming. So it's, uh, yeah, because you have that, the, the Chiefs defense and going up against Lamar and the offense, will, will they be able to keep Lamar under control? Four touchdowns last week against the, uh, against the Texans, two through the air, two on the uh, ground. And, uh, you know, will the Ravens defense be able to uh, knock the, you know, offense down a peg for the, for the Chiefs, bottle up Kelsey, shut down Mahomes, keep that running game uh, in check. And I think the likelier of the two scenarios is that the Ravens will be the ones that bottle up the Chiefs because that's been the offense that's struggled way more than the Ravens and uh, their offense have this season. So, you know, I, I, I like the Ravens to uh, win this game and uh, pretty heavy favorites for me to actually win the whole damn thing. But uh so, yeah, right now I am going with the Ravens to beat the Chiefs on Sunday and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Lions at Niners, and this is the one 
where the sentiment comes in. Because, like I said, I've I've always been a guy. I like rooting for the underdog. Uh, I also like um, parity. I like variety, if you will, and seeing the same matchups over and over again for me is boring. I mean, just, you know, go back six, seven years before this Chiefs dynasty began and you would have heard me bellyaching, not so much that I hated the Patriots or, or anything like that. As a football fan, they were, it was a treat to watch them play. But it was just boring that every single year it was Brady and the Patriots making it to the championship game, which means we're going to have to watch them in the freaking Super Bowl uh, again. It was boring year after year to see that. Kind of like when... Uh, the NBA had the, 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 the Cavaliers and the Warriors in the finals like four years in a row. How boring is that? It's extremely boring. And, you know, for the Chiefs to be in it year in, year out, it's great. If you're a Chiefs fan, six year in, years in a row, the worst that you do each season is play for the championship to go to the Super Bowl. That sucks, right? But, um, you know, that's why I was kind of rooting hard for the Bills to win. Uh, last week, and they came up short uh, against the Chiefs, so the Chiefs got another shot to go to the uh, Super Bowl. And now the Lions, for the first time since I was in eighth grade back in 1991, are playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history because their NFL championships came before there was even a thought of a Super Bowl. It was like 1948, 1949, somewhere in that area. Um when Bobby Lane was their quarterback to help them win championships. Since then, they haven't gotten close. And certainly not in the Super Bowl era. You know, they've, they've not made the playoffs enough. And, uh, you know, that win over, <clears throat> excuse me, that win over, um, who do they play in the wild card round? The Rams. That went over the Rams. I mean, how could I forget that with Stafford? That went over the Rams and then backing it up by beating the uh, Buccaneers, and now they're on the road to the 49ers, uh, the, the other team in the league that has always looked like the favorite. Um, aside from that, maybe, you know, that three-week hiccup they had there in the middle of the season, after starting 5-0, and they're pretty dominant throughout until they ran into the Ravens on, uh, on Christmas night, I believe, and uh, got it handed to them, but they've otherwise been virtually unstoppable. Uh, against everybody else and then they benched everybody against the Rams in week 18 and uh, that gave them their fifth loss of the uh, of the season but you know and here again with the 49ers three out of the four last four or is it four out of five a NFC championship games and uh, you know they've only the last time they won was in 2019 when they placed the Chiefs for their first Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, but they've been, they didn't go in 2020, but they went in 2021 and last year in 2022. And here they are again, third year in a row. So fourth in the last five years, cause they went in 2019, 21, 22 and 23. So they're fourth in the last five seasons in the NFC championship game. Well, this is the lion's first visit to the NFC title game since 1991. So I'm pulling for the Lions. I like to see, you know, root for the underdog. I like to see a little variety. And I like to see matchups we haven't seen yet until, uh, you know, the Lions would would finally shorten that list on who hasn't made the Super Bowl yet from four down to three uh, if they make it. And here's the thing. I think they can do it. I really do. 
Um, the 49ers have trouble with the, the running game. Aaron Jones had his way with the 49ers uh, last week, who actually I think are lucky to be here. The, the mistakes that the uh, – or, or more so the opportunities that the Packers didn't take advantage of in that game is what eventually cost them the game. Because overall, go back and watch the game. The f- Man, the 49ers, the Lions – or the Packers dominated. What the hell's the matter with me? The Packers dominated that football game. They should have won, you know, but they came up short. They dropped two interceptions from Purdy in the first half one of which was a surefire pick six, and then they missed the field goal uh, in the fourth quarter. And if he'd made that one when the 49ers scored late in the game, it would have been tied, or maybe even the 49ers go for it, but it would have been tied instead of giving the 49ers the lead, and now it's on Jordan Love and the Packers to go out there uh, and you know tie or win uh, the game. And then Jordan Love had his... Uh, Brett Favre in the NFC Championship game versus the Saints moment where he heaves it across the across his body, across the field, and, of course, it got picked off by the guy that he didn't see uh, kind of thing. It's it just like, okay, after all of that, the, the, it, the season finishes with a head-scratching moment like that. All the brilliance and all the smoke we blew up Jordan Love's ass all the way through the you know these last six, seven weeks and into the – into that divisional round against the uh, the 49ers, and everyone was giving the Packers a hell of a shot to win that game uh, and everything, and then that's how you finish it right there. That's the exclamation point on the end of the year was that piss-poor uh, decision made by somebody who'd never been there before. It, it was in that moment that Jordan Love finally looked like the guy that didn't have the experience, and that's why the 49ers are here. It's It's more so the plays the Packers didn't make than the plays that they did. And that's why they look vulnerable in this game. As far as, uh, you know, it's about 50-50, the opinion on whether or not the Lions can beat the 49ers on Sunday. But like I said before, Aaron Jones ran the ball very, very well uh, against the 49ers, and the Lions have two backs that can do that. Montgomery, good old Monty, former Bear, and the speedster, Jameer Gibbs, uh, the first-round pick uh, from this season has been a terror. You know, get him out into open space. He turns on the Jets, and good luck. You know, Montgomery's more of the more of the bruiser. He's the grinder uh, kind of guy. Gibbs is that uh, that guy. You get him out into wide open space and uh, warm up the scoreboard because it's about to change. So, so I, I guess it would really, in the end, kind of come down to on the Lions side of things, kind of Jared Goff. And, you know, Jared Goff is a very efficient quarterback. He's played outstanding, especially the last two seasons uh, under Ben Johnson, uh, on, you know, the offensive coordinator who they're likely going to lose. Uh, if you believe the rumors, he's going to be the head coach in Washington when it's all said and done. Um, but he's done a really great job leading this offense. And, you know, but the – line on golf is that if you it's not so much that he gets rattled under pressure but if you get him under pressure he's more likely to make a mistake more likely to throw a bad ball more likely to throw an interception turn the ball over uh that kind of thing you know he doesn't really fold under the pressure but that's where he does his worst work is when he is 
uh, under pressure. I, I remember, I, even though it's been years, but that game in Soldier Field in 2018 when the Rams uh, came to town on, on Sunday Night Football, it was one of those games that got flexed to Sunday Night Football, which was a big deal for us Bear fans that, uh, you know, this game would be on point for the whole world to see. And they were 10-1. and one. We were like 8-4 and four, uh, and everything. It was a big, big test for the Bears, and the defense really came through in that one. It was kind of like Fangio's finest hour. Cause, and it was a, a game that had wide-ranging implications because it gave Fangio's scheme against the uh, Rams in that one opened the floodgates for what Bill Belichick would do in the Super Bowl against the Rams, and they used that scheme against the Rams in the Super Bowl to completely shut them down. Completely shut them down. Only three point, one of the most boring Super Bowls of all time. Good God. Did that game suck? But defensively, it was an outstanding performance by the Patriots. Three points uh, allowed against an offense that was, you know, playing at an all-time level uh, in the regular season. It was all due to the Bears, and, you know, they forced five turnovers out of golf in that game and a safety. You know, four interceptions, there was a fumble in there, and we got them for a safety in that game, and it was just the relentless pressure that Fangio was sending with Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, you name it. You know, we were getting there, getting in there on him, and it made for some ugly, ugly Looking offense for the Rams in that ball game, and um, yeah, so I mean he struggled in L.A. after that, and you know it was eventually part of the Matt Stafford deal that shipped him out of town. But aside from when everybody was struggling in twenty twenty, and they went three ten and three thirteen and one or whatever it was twenty twenty one, these last two seasons, especially in the second half of last year and all throughout this year, golf has been relatively. Uh, brilliant. I mean, he's got fewer interceptions than uh, Mahomes threw for 45, almost 4,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions uh, for the uh, for the Lions uh, this season. But it's like if, if there's a weak spot for the Lions, it's I believe it's Jared Goff because um, you know the offensive line is one of the best in the league. Their running game is on point. They may be. Short on talent in the wide receiving core, but they have Sam Laporta. They signed Zach Ertz to the practice squad for the NFC Championship game, so he will probably get some snaps uh, on Sunday. So they've got the tight ends, the quarterback's best friend. They've got the running game, and they have Amon Ross St. Brown. And that's, you know, they could definitely use some help at wide receiver otherwise, but they've got Khalif Raymond uh, and guys like that as well. But uh, it's. Uh, Amon Ra is going to be the guy to watch. Sam Laporta will be the guy to watch. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think the wild card there is Zach Ertz and what he will be uh, bringing to the table as well. That's if the 49ers can stop the running game. Because the if the 49ers struggle with the running game, I feel like Jared Goff is going to have a field day against these guys because that's going to set up play action and, uh, you know, open things up uh, for the 49ers. There will only be so much that uh, – Nick Bosa and Chase Young and, and Javon Hargrave and all those guys would be able to do to get after uh, golf when they have to stop and when they have to freeze on the fake to see if the ball's being, you know, handed off or if they got to get back into coverage uh, and everything. It's really going to be important for the 49ers to be strong against the run uh, on Sunday. That's, that's the major key for the 49ers is 
and they have a good defense, but they were really bad against the run last week against the uh, the Packers, and the Lions run the ball better than Green Bay does, believe it or not. So especially with their with the explosiveness of of, uh, of Gibbs, uh, you know, and Montgomery's no slouch in the speed department either, but he's not he's not you know and not, he's not a walking wind tunnel like uh, Gibbs uh, is. On the other side of things with the 49ers, um, if they get Debo Samuel in this game, and he was limited in practice today on Thursday after not practicing at all on Wednesday with the shoulder injury, he missed the entire second half of the Packer game, and the offense kind of suffered for it. Um, you know, he's their best player on offense outside of, uh, of McCaffrey, and the Packers did a really great job of, uh, you know, not so much bottling up Caffrey but limiting him. Um, on Sunday, forcing Purdy to go to you know to uh, to his other targets, didn't hear much from Kittle. Uh, you know, Ayuk was the the other guy that I think the Green Bay was focusing on. So would would have Samuel would have been really useful. He helped him greatly in the first half, but shoulder injury kept him out in the second half. He was limited today, and I think that would be a big factor in how successful the Forty ers will be on Sunday if Samuel does in fact play because then he's your Swiss army knife. He'll be able to, you know, obviously they, they incorporate him in the run game. He's a, you know, a talented top level uh, receiver and another guy kind of like Gibbs. Once you get him out into open space, cross your fingers, you know, start praying to whatever God you believe in that uh, they're going to catch him. Otherwise he's going to the house and it's going to be problems uh, for you. And Brock Purdy is very much the same way as, as Jared Goff. This is a steady guy. Uh, you know he does what the what the you know offense requires uh, of him. He's sharp. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but the ones that they do, and he got away with a few against Green Bay uh, last Sunday. He got away with a couple. One for sure would have been a pick six early on in the game. Really could have changed the entire complexion of the of the contest. But uh, you know it just wasn't meant to be. The Packers didn't make those plays that they needed to make to make a huge difference. Uh, in this one, but, um, you know, he got away with it. So statistically he basically had a perfect day, but he definitely got away with some mistakes that, um, the 49ers, excuse me, the, the lions had better take advantage of if he serves up one of those passes that he did against green Bay, that one's got to go back the other way, one way or the other. It's either you got to go to the house or at least you got to come down with it to give the offense another opportunity because, uh, you know, it's it's all going to be about momentum uh, in this one, especially early on. If the Lions can, uh, can knock that crowd, you know, can knock the wind out of their sails early on and, uh, you know, take over the football game, the, the, uh, the knock on the 49ers this year has been this is a team that struggles to come from behind. Now, because the Packers didn't make the plays that they could have in this ball game, the game was never out of reach for the 49ers. They didn't have to overcome a 14, 17, 21 point deficit. But if the Lions were able to do something like that with how well they run the football uh, and everything, they could really set themselves up for uh, you know success if they could get out in front of the uh, 49ers early. So it's like, you know, if you win the toss, take the ball. Put points on the board, you know, get it in the end zone, everything like that, grind them down, put points on the board on defense, get after Purdy, 
see if you can't force him to make a mistake or two and, you know, get the ball back, go back the other way, get it in the end zone, 14 points, boom, just like that. And now the crowd's under wondering what the hell's going on. And like I said, the 49ers have not been good at coming back from behind uh, this season. So if you can kind of pull away early, you're setting yourself up in a, in a really good uh, situation. So I like both of these teams. You know, I believe the 49ers can win, but I'm going with my heart on this one. I'm picking the Lions because that's who I want to win. I think the 49ers will, but I'm picking the Lions because I want them to. I want it to be Lions, Ravens, and see if they can't redeem themselves from the beating they took against Baltimore uh, in like week six or seven uh, earlier uh, this season. Or will they just, you know, be happy to be there at the Super Bowl and get rolled by the Ravens because they're the team that's probably going to end up winning the whole thing anyway. So, anyway, guys, there you have it. That is the uh, preview for our conference championship games. And before I let you go, I will real quickly go through our league here. For the Pick'em game, I think it's pretty much a done deal as far as wins and losses on the season. Fields of Dreams, 188 and 94, still in first place there. He's also still winning the points championship, 1609 in first place. But JoJo, right behind him at 1601, um, at 181 and 101. Uh, C.A. Zoid, 1578 at 185 and 97 is in third. McCubin, 1557 uh, on a 180 and 102 record. Agent Orange Jerseys, 1547 at 181 and 101. Afalava, 1532 on 173 and 109. Tanyoka, 174 and 108. He gives him 1528 on the year. Secret Bajant Man, 1513 at 170 and 112. S. Van Horn at 1507, 171, and 111. And me rounding out the top 10. So it's like that's going to be my claim to fame this year in my own pick'em game that I will finish in the top 10. Knock on wood. Still got a, still got three games left. We got the two this weekend and the Super Bowl. We'll see how it all works out. But I'm 106 points back of first place, so I don't quite think I'm going to pull it off uh, this season. I'm also 18 games out of uh, out of first in the win loss department, so I'm cooked on both sides on this one. But uh, I've got over 1,500 points. I got 170 and 112 record on the year. Nothing to sneeze at. But uh, man, I hope the NFL makes a lot more sense next year because this year sucked. As far as like just when I thought I had this shit figured out, they would take uh, you know they would turn left. They would zig when I would zag, and then just ended up being just the worst so anyway guys that is going to do it for the championship round preview come back on monday when i plan to record and release the episode so not only will i record it on monday but i will also release the damn thing so and then you never know actually i might do it on sunday night because the afc championship game is the or is it the nfc i think the nfc is the main event Yes, it is. So the NFC championship game should be over by nine, nine o'clock maybe. So I've done I've done like Bears games reviews 
later than that. So I could probably definitely get it done so it gets released on Monday morning. Fingers crossed. So anyway, guys, come back on Monday, sometime on Monday, because I'm either going to do it Sunday night and release it Monday morning, or I'll do it Monday when I get back from the gym and release it in the afternoon. One way or another, show comes out on Monday to review this, and we'll preview. We'll, we'll talk about who our Super Bowl matchup is going to be and then figure out how I'm going to fill the next two weeks because I'm not going to talk about the Pro Bowl, that's for sure. There's no such thing as a Pro Bowl game anymore. It's, you know, it, it, it stopped being a Pro Bowl game years ago when they started playing two-hand touch uh, in the damn thing, but uh, now it's like a carnival or something like that. It's the, the world's strongest man competition out there. It's silly pet tricks with football players out there. So, But uh, we'll figure something out, and uh, or we'll just take a break. Maybe we'll just do that and uh, figure it out. But I'll let you know on Monday what I'm, uh, what I'm feeling as far as when the Super Bowl preview will come out or if there's going to be anything different, depending on who – Makes it. I definitely know I can get my Lions guy on if they make the uh, Super Bowl to, to preview the game leading up to the week and uh, and everything. So uh, we'll see how it all goes. But uh, come back on Monday for the review episodes. Who won? Who's going to the Super Bowl? And all the rest of it. Until then, my name is Larry D. This has been the fourth phase, and we will see you next time. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader